obviously swung over and it's met with force and placement. A massive boost to the Luton cause. It's Collins who's through, and he thunders it against the woodwork, and then Lee! Luton Town are digging in their heels at the foot of the championship. They are making their presence felt in this relegation battle. Well, they've picked Huddersfield Town off. Over my dead body, we get relegated. Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Huddersfield Town Social. Danny Cowley's famous last words were, of course, over his dead body, will we get relegated? Well, after Friday, um, I don't know, I don't really want to pick his coffin out for him. Thankfully, the results yesterday on Saturday. We're very kind to Huddersfield Town, but uh, joining me to dissect the last week of news related to Huddersfield Town are, of course, Cameron Pope, Ian Kilroy, Thomas Furbank, and uh, on his debut, Andy Kay. How are we, gentlemen? All right, thank you, Greg. I think um, a lot better for seeing the Saturday results. It was certainly a bit of a worrying start to the weekend, but we're in a bit of a precarious position now, I think, and uh, not the position anyone wants to be in going for a result in the final three games of the season yet again. Yeah, Huddersfield Town 19th in the table, two points clear of Hull City in 22nd. Uh, let's go back to uh, Friday. Um, I think we'll touch on Reading at some point, but I've seen some crap games of football in my time, but that was pretty, pretty up there, to be honest, wasn't it? It was just, from the very off, it was just devoid of anything like attacking quality. And I was really optimistic going into this game. Um, I was actually at the game. I was lucky enough, or I don't know if lucky is the right word, um, to be in the press box for this one. And then there was some anticipation uh, in the stand among the 30 or so people who were, uh, who were present. There was some anticipation and a bit of positivity, really, in the town camp. We thought we were going to get a result. Those from BBC Radio Bedfordshire thought they weren't going to get a result. And then as soon as the football started, the outlook completely changed. But the first 20 minutes, we just didn't seem to get going. There was no flair. There was no creativity. We couldn't get Smith Rowe into the game. And unfortunately, that was really our only outlet. And even when he did start to get on the ball a bit more, we never really looked like scoring. It was a classic play till Monday, still would be goalless. Um, and so really, I think it was credit to Luton, to be honest. They executed their game plan to absolute perfection. They look good money for a side who've lost one in the last nine. They've been rejuvenated under Nathan Jones. But we're not here to talk about Luton Town. We're here to talk about Uddersfield Town and, and how on earth we're in this situation again. I mean, looking on from the side, I was just desperate to see some some flair injected into the game, a little bit of energy. Um, but as we touched on before, gents, just in the build-up to this, it, there was there was so little in terms of 
uh, intelligence and individual nous. And what we needed was big characters to stand up and be accounted for. And we've spoken about this in previous episodes. And once again, the big characters were lacking and no one seemed ready or, or brave enough to step up to the plate. I think, to be honest, they just all look broken men, don't they? I think it, watching the game from home, it, I didn't even get angry watching it. It was almost just like a, the same disappointment, the same failings, everything that we've had for pretty much the last three years, pretty much since we had that first good month in the Premier League. It, as soon as teams sit a little bit deep and try and block us out, we've just got nothing. We can't break them down. And like you said, Cameron, that Luton did that brilliantly. I think the commentators even alluded to it first half. Possession stats were pretty close. And the second half, they came out, and they, I think they had about 32% possession or something like that after about 20 minutes of the second half. And the commentators even said it's like, that's playing into Luton's hands because they don't know what to do with the ball when they've got it. But that can equally be said for us. They're just, we're just so pedestrian on the ball. And uh, it's just so easy to defend against us. Cowley's openly said that we need a number nine so that we can get Grant out left. But... You put Grant out left, double up on him, sit deep, no space for Smith Rowe between the lines, and there's just nothing there. I mean, Willock's supposed to be a winger that can't beat a man one-on-one. I mean, fair enough, Kachunga made a living out of that for a year and a half, but he had Tommy Smith bombing on behind him. Yeah, it's, it's just depressing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's one of those that... It, the first definition of madness is if you do the same thing over and over again, you expect a different result. And that's exactly what we appear to be doing. There was one, one, one point on before I switched, I honestly switched it off after they scored second goal. I thought, I don't need this in my life. And just went and did some ironing or something that were more entertaining than, than watching town. But the, the, we, I think we got a throw in or a free kick on the right hand side of Chalabar. got the ball. If you looked at the screen, there were about four men forwards. We were in halfway into Luton's half, and none of them were moving. They were just stood waiting for some, something to happen, waiting for somebody else to do something that they could then go on the back of. And so like, somebody's got to stand up and go, I'm going to affect this game. I'm going to make this happen. And they're not doing it. Now, whether it's because they're scared that they're going to get, get called out by the Cowleys for, for doing it. I'm a massive Cowleys fan. I've, I've, I've met them once, and they're really, really impressive individuals. They're, they're, they've got a lot of stuff that, that I, 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 values-wise that I share. But Christ Almighty, they don't have to make it seem to make it difficult for the team to understand what it is they need to do. And every time we got the ball, we seem to go sideways or backwards. Smith Rowe is best when he's sort of sort of getting it onto his right foot and then going forward. But everything he did Friday was get it and lay it off square back. Just get him running at people and say it's okay to lose the ball. It's okay for them to tackle you as long as you're doing it in that final third. I mean, I'm not a football tactician. I don't know that much about it. I didn't play at any particular level. But for God's sake, I can see that if you keep on doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get these dreadful results like we did on Friday. And it was just soul-destroying Friday. I just hated it. But then, I guess they, that stat on that Alan Nixon put out, you know, reluctant Nick or whatever he's called on Twitter, I don't know whether it's true or not, 64 games out of 100 we've lost in the last sort of however long it is. I've just become anaesthetised to it. It's so easy just to switch off and go, don't care. And I, I didn't feel anything at the end. When the result came through, I didn't feel anything. And I, I don't want that. I want to feel something about my football club, but you, you've got to, the players have got to feel it as well. And it doesn't appear that they do. What we give for a, for a, a Darren Bullock or a Tommy Cowan or somebody like that 
is to kick somebody up in the air and go, rah, you're not getting past me. I'm standing here wearing the ball like stripes and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it 100%. None of them look like it. Even Oggy's not, not showing that he can do it. <laughs> the only player that looks like he's going to put his foot in is Bakuna when he comes on, but he's like an angry teenager on FIFA yeah, 2000, yeah. kind of <laughs> slide tackling the keeper to get sent off in frustration. Yeah. Puts two hey. feet in sometimes. That's the problem. Yeah. He's a little bit too keen. I want to go positive for a change. The results yesterday, well, it's Mark, Mark Devlin inspired, but the results, the results Saturday went our way. We couldn't have asked for anything more after the shit show we put in on Friday. There was a chance we were going to possibly in the relegate, be in the relegation zone um, going into Chef Wednesday, which for a team that are as fragile as we are would have been an absolute nightmare for starters. But the second positive I've got was there were no fans there because if fans had been there yesterday, it'd have been an absolute shit show on Friday night, sorry. Can you imagine the toxicity around the club after, after the goal so early in the second half yeah. and in such a tepid, awful attacking performance when we needed a goal more than anything? I, I was just so fortunate for the club, really, that there were no fans there because I, I don't know if we'd have recovered from it. It'd have been, it would have been possibly the most hostile um, second half we've had at the club in, in 20 years, I reckon. I think it would have been absolutely awful and thoroughly deserved after the shit we've seen all season. It's embarrassing. It's, it's an absolute circus down there, as we've gone, in, gone into before. They got off, got off with it, the club, that we weren't there, because if we would have been, there'd have been more plastic on the pitch than in the seats. There'd have been season cards all over the shop. To be honest, I thought we started all right. I thought the first half wasn't much different to what we've had the last three games. We went out tight. We've got limitations in defence, but let's sit deep. Let's make them try and break us down and try and hit on the counter. And it was boring as shit. It was awful. But it never felt like we were going to concede and it never felt like we were going to lose the game. But then what I think happened at half-time is a bit of ego came into it. I think the Cowleys, and I love the Cowleys more than even Andy does. I, I think they're fantastic. I wanted them in from day... I wanted them in the day Lincoln beat us in the cup. I think they're pretty special. I think they're flapping a little bit now because they've never had to face a relegation battle at this level before. I think they're over-managing. I think they've set out a tactical system that's so strict. If people deviate from it, they're fearing that there might be a little bit of recourse after a game and maybe that's why it's so... It's so um, rigid and mechanical the way we, we attack teams. But I think at half-time, we got that little bit of a we should be beating the teams like Luton syndrome. And even before we conceded early in the second half, there was a warning. They broke down the left. I think Chalabar got tackled by Cook beforehand. It was a little bit of a dirty studs-over-the-ball kind of challenge, but he did take the ball and got away with it. But straight away, you could see Town's defence push up a little bit further. They were trying to push higher up to let the strikers push higher up. We were trying to push. We've tried that against Wigan. We tried it against Forest. We got battered twice, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. And yet, three games we learned about it. We haven't conceded a goal in three games. Half the game went past. We didn't concede again. Didn't look like conceding. And we've changed it. Only three minutes, we're 1-0 down, and the game's done. It's over. We aren't coming back from that. Everyone, Andy could have turned it off at 1-0. You didn't have to wait to 2-0. We knew what were happening. Yeah. We, we, we are so fragile because the players are shot of confidence. There's nothing there. We are... At 1-0, definitely the worst team in the division. I think it's a miracle that we're still in with contention with, with a decent chance of staying up in the division. Because other than the Cowleys, I don't think many managers would have even given us a chance with the uh, fortitude of the club that we've got and the, and the players that we have. It's embarrassing. It's totally embarrassing. The only option we had yesterday going forward was one man, and that's ESR. Mm. We were trying to play into his feet time and time again, and he was doubled up. We had two chances all game, I think, uh, that were half-decent. We put a cross into Munier at the back post. It was quite, quite slow, and he, had a, he put it goal bound, but he was never going to, never, 
ever going to be an issue. And the second one was where Woolock went down the right-hand side in the second half, pulled it back to ESR, who had to beat two men to get a shot away on the half chance. And that's what we had. That was it. They might have had 30 percent possession in the second half, Luton, but we didn't create anything. And we know that. that that's, not, that's not the players not trying, as some people have tried to say, that there's a lack of effort. It's not that. They're just not good enough. They're just not good enough. We can't expect players to do better than they are. Not in this system. It's not working. They don't have it. Nothing to do with effort, apart from one person, which I'll go into afterwards. But it was just not there. We don't, we don't have the ability to create goals, to score goals. We've not scored now in open play in, what, 10 and a half hours? Mm. I think 29th of February is the last time we, we scored a goal from open play. That's it. It's embarrassing. I've never, I've never seen it in Huddersfield Town. Not for such a long period of time. We can't expect them to, pu- to pull out miracles when we've had a full year of shit. What really compounds it is the fact that we had a fantastic opportunity on midweek to, to beat Reading. Nil-nil. We dominated the game and we hooked ESR off. And, and yes, he is our key, most key player. But it was a, that almost assumption that we could go into uh, the, the Luton game and win it. I'm, I'm a big believer of, of if you're going to win what the game that you're playing currently, you throw everything into it. If we beat at Reading, dare I say the Luton game's a bit of a throwaway. It doesn't really matter what happens. But to take off your, your most creative player on midweek to, to save him for Friday and then turn in that performance, that's almost criminal. It's like we gambled against Reading, though. What happened there? We were, we were attacking. We, we actually went for it in the second half. But then I think Barnsley equalised and it made the results go in our favour again there. And I think we fancied a point. I think the, the, if you look, I think it was from the 82nd minute on against Reading, we just suddenly sat deep again because the point is what, what we fancied. That's all we were after. It, it, it's just, there's been some crazy decisions and, and the managerial decision to attack second half on Saturday was, on Friday night was, in my opinion, crazy. But they're being let down by individual errors as well though, Greg. Like that first goal, Schindler, who's been one of the best players we've had for the last four, what is he doing? The corner's come in, he's one-on-one with a defender and he's lost the header clean. No one's pushed him over. He hasn't bumped into anybody. The corner hasn't taken a deflection. Lossell made, Lossell made a bit of a mess. He, he kind of stepped out forward first off to try, and, to try and come and get it. He made a mess of it. But Schindler, the steadfast defender we've had for the last few seasons, who we know his legs are maybe are a bit of an issue at the, this season. He looks like he's aged pretty quickly. When everything we do is undermined by dirty individual errors like that. And then for the second goal, Bakuna... Another victim of the long grass down at the Gal Farm that we know of. It's always an issue at the moment, it seems. He's put an absolute awful pass in there. I don't, it's like a, I, don't, I don't even know what he was trying to do, but he's, he's had a bit of a dirty fall there, played it back, and all of a sudden, Stankovic has played another guy on side. Why is he suddenly sitting 20 yards deeper than Schindler? He's one-on-one, sat deep, and then uh, we got a bit lucky in that he came back off the upright. But what's Andy King doing? He's got a 10-yard head start getting to the ball first. And then with about, it's a 10-yard head start over 12 yards and he gets there five yards slower than the guy who puts the ball in the back of the goal. His legs have gone. Another individual error. And, and no matter what tactics are set out, when guys are making fundamental mistakes like that who are generally pretty dependable, it's just, what can you do? I'd like to second a lot of the points that Ian has made there and particularly the ones that how really we, we can't really be expected at the moment to be, to be playing 
uh, out of our skins. The best thing we had under David Wagner is that he gave us value added. We were great in the sum of our parts, but at the moment we're getting even the dependable members of the squad like um, like Messer, Schindler, and Hogg, who just aren't performing to their to their usual standard. And and that's what's letting I think that's what's letting us down the most. And I look at the Cowleys and I I kind of feel for them really uh, in a sense because I was looking back at their record um, yesterday. And looking where they've been, they've had three clubs, Concord, uh, Braintree and Lincoln. Okay, They've never been in a situation like this. And we already know that they're in uncharted territory because they're in a higher league than they've ever been in before. But I think it stretches further than that. So Concord Rangers, they come in. Um, they come in and join a, well, uh, Danny comes in, joins a team that's finished seventh in the 16-team Essex Senior League. That's mid-table, okay? First season, wins the league, go up next time. Narrowly miss out on promotion a second time. They get it in their third season consolidate for two years and they get promoted again okay that's three promotions in about six years i make that brain tree they're there for one year 1.7 points per game in that whole season they take a team that was 14th when they came in mid-table to the playoffs okay lincoln um take them out into the football league after a six-year absence promote them back to the efl they were 13th when they came in league two playoffs in first season win the efl trophy get promoted they've been brilliant but but every time they've inherited a team that has not half the problems that we've had. They've inherited a team that's been comfortably in mid-table. And the problem is what's weighing them down now, I feel, is just this deadwood in this side. And like Ian said, I don't believe that it's a lack of effort. Maybe there might be one or two that aren't quite pulling their weight, ones that fancy summer moves and will get summer moves. But, and I'm sure we'll get onto that later, but the problem is, I think that really... <laughs> The lads want it. You can see that they want it. You can see that it's getting them down and that it's hurting them. And the Cowleys have come out and said this themselves. But I just don't think we have the natural resources to compete at the moment. I think we have players who were good a few years ago and who haven't quite delivered at the same level. Look at Schindler, look at King. You could even say Simpson for the majority of the time uh, that he was here. And somehow they come in after a 10-game horrible start under Jan Siever. They've inherited a lot of buyers that David Wagner didn't even sign off and that David Wagner wouldn't even play. And they've come through the whole Sievert reign and given basically everyone else around us a 10-game head start. And somehow they've managed to give us a fighting chance of staying up. I think their efforts have been commendable. We might think the tactics have been off. Sometimes they've left me guessing. And I, like Andy said, I'm not the greatest tactician in the world. But sometimes I do leave myself scratching my head wondering at the wisdom of certain substitutions. I do feel that a lot of this, though, is beyond their control. And I feel for them. And I wonder if maybe that's why we're seeing this sort of style of over-management in ways. Maybe that's why it's so regimented. I can't help thinking it was the plan just to solidify and so we've got a basis for them to work on because I think they're starting really from one or two seasons before where they started with the rest of their clubs and so I don't agree with any of these voices saying that the Cowleys need to be out I think they are one of the best managerial teams we've had in the last few years obviously not I don't think a patch on Wagner but who's ever going to match that They're, like Ian said who would have taken us on in this rate we were lucky to not get someone who's just going to play a hoofball and keep us in the division you know we've got two quite young lads with some good vision and to be honest I think they've baked a half decent cake with mouldy ingredients in the pantry okay they've put together something half decent and we really don't deserve it well and I, I really struggle and I really feel for them when I see all these lads um all these lads coming off this consulate off the field because I don't think that really anyone is particularly to blame. I just don't think we've been dealt a very good hand from previous seasons and we need to consolidate till that goes out. So really, in, in conclusion, I feel that we have to stick to what we've got. We have to stick with them. We just need, and it's so in, 
intensely important that we hang on this season now and so intensely important so that we can weed out the dead where we can take a hit on some of the players that have cost us a lot for far too much money and start again because I really don't think with this current crop we're going to be going anywhere in a couple of years and so really it's a massive victory and we saw today just the difficulties of, on Friday the difficulties of what's going on at the moment because we saw a team that's bereft of ideas and a team that was seemed to be drilled into a very um, one-dimensional, uh, one-idea style of play. And I feel that it's all the energy has been channeled into just one path of staying in the division. I don't think it's just the players that are terrified. I think that I think the managers are scared too because no one has been in this situation before. And the anger shouldn't be directed at those on the field, the majority, and those in the dugout. I think it needs to be directed at those that have come before in the last two or three seasons. I agree with you, Cam. I don't think it's, I don't think it's college fault, the position we're in. I think they've done an incredible job to get us to where we are. The, the only one kind of bone I've got to pick with them is he seems to have contradicted himself a bit, Danny, in terms of he he's always a little bit cagey in terms of what players are available for the games. He doesn't want to give too much away. But then, even if it's obvious on the pitch that our only plan is to get it to Smith Rowe and to get it to Grant and get him to cut inside, he's openly come out and said that in every press conference. So he's done everyone's scouting for them before the game. He, he just said, yeah, we, we need Grant out there. We need him cutting in. That's where he's dangerous. We need Smith Rowe on the ball. And teams don't even have to come on watchers. They can just listen to what he's saying and then double up on those two and we're done. We've got nothing else. They need to find something else from somewhere. Like Even if it's Bakuna to me, as he's played his best games at right back, not as a defender, but kind of coming in and driving into the middle of the pitch and kind of dragging defenders away and creating space for others. When he does that in the middle of the pitch and there's teams just sat in, he, do, he doesn't perform. But if he's driving from deeper, he's where he's, he's most dangerous. And whether we need to just try something different like that. I mean, Matt Glennon said something on Radio Leeds that was kind of had a few people, Jamie Rayner, kind of going, can we afford to drop Grant? But he just kind of said, look, I'd drop him, make a point and try something different because it's obvious that that's our only plan. Get it to him or Smith Rowe. And I don't know. Get the yeah, but who, could you, who are you going to bring in? Let, let's be well, honest. That's what you I was going Chris, to say. You, you could ask the Chris keyboard warriors. But... <laughs> I mean, Chris Willock's probably one of the most disappointing loan signings we've had in a while. He's had one or two decent games. You saw on, on I was watching the game on Tuesday night against Reading. Pritchard is warming up as a subs, trying to tell him how to beat a man on the sidelines. If you go back and watch it, you actually see him doing that. Again, that, that goes back to shit recruitment. For me, you look at the Cowleys is, I think we said this in the first two couple of episodes. We always thought the Cowleys, at half time, they made the right tactical decisions. It seems that since since uh, lockdown ended, and we, we, we well, not lockdown ended, but what, since the season returned, every single decision they've made largely has gone wrong, bar learning from what Paul Cook did to us at Wigan. Ultimately, I think it is just psychological. I think, you know, when you, you look at any other sport, you look at someone like look, look cricket, that's a perfect example. When you have a batsman like Joe Denley who gets out to the same thing every time, it's in the back of your mind. And it's kind of a mental degradation of this team. And this goes back to under Wagner as well. As soon as we go down, when have we actually come back to win again in the last four years? We did it once under Wagner, not even Forrest at home. Born 2-1 in that season we went up. Premier League, I think we got the odd draw. So as soon as we go down, we are fucked. And it's simple as that. And it's that mentality, they're scared to go down. It, it just relay, it relays itself on the pitch. And when they do go down, they don't look like a team that can get back into it. 
Yeah, you're absolutely. I can't remember. The, the minute we, we concede a goal, bang, that's it. Game's over. I'm I'm in the onside business squad, so I've I've been lucky enough to go to a where I met the Cowboys. Was like this this thing they did. And a couple of things to pick up on about, particularly what Tom said. What they, they do try and um, influence other managers in their press conferences. So if they say that, for instance, they're hopeful that Steve Mounier is going to be available, that is code for there's not a chance in the world that Steve Mounier is going to be available. We just hope that you're daft enough to believe what we've got to say. So they do try and do a little bit of stuff like that. So you've got to take what they, they say at the press conferences with, with a bit of a pinch of salt. But one thing they did tell us at that event was that they were, they were absolutely stunned about the mental state of the players when they, when they got, actually got into the club. And I think there's, there's a lot to be said for both the club and the players that have gone through that experience, your Hogs, your Schindlers, all those types of guys, they, for their own, some of them, for their own mental health, they need to go somewhere else because they need that break. They need to get away from this. It has been a toxic environment that they didn't mention any names about, but you can guess who the toxic players were, um, the ones that have gone out on loan and were delighted to be still paying wages for and looking forward to them coming back. Oh, yes, we are. Um, so they've had to deal with, with such toxicity in, in, the, in the club. And I think they try to do things the right way. But for me, they just, they're making the mistake of trying too hard now. They're trying to, to do everything for the players. So like when Pritchard's telling Willock how to do that, that'll come from Cowley. He'll say, go and have a word with him, help him out. And Willock will be sat there with his head full of Desire and passion to do the best that he can because he wants to move. He probably wants to get away from Benfica. He knows he's going to be on telly. He's going to be showcasing himself in front of people who might want to sign him. So he's wanting to do his best. But he's full of information coming left, right and centre at him. Just be really simple with him. Tell him, right, what I want you to do, whether he can do it or not, is beat a man and get across him. And that's your job. We'll get the ball to you, get the ball to him in space, beat a man, get across him. That's all I want you to do. But he'll have all sorts of other ideas of this zone and that zone and that box and this box. And you can't play. I, I batting yesterday at cricket. My head's full of all sorts of stuff. You can't bat when you've got a head full of this, that and the other. You can't do anything with, when, you, when you're full of information. So I think they're over-managing at the minute, micromanaging, and they're, they're just, they need to just go, let's, let's trust, let's find a game plan that works for these players and then trust them to do it. Because we'll get to a stage soon where the, all the players will just look to the side and go, what's Danny telling me to do? And if we get to that situation, we're absolutely stuffed. Because the players are the ones that have got to make the decisions and you've got to give them a simple framework to work in when they do that. And I think that's the worry for me, is that they're trying too hard to make too many structures for the people to, to use. So I'm, I'm concerned from, from that perspective. It's pretty clear these boys... The Cowleys, they don't have the team of players that they'd have ideally. They don't seem like Cowley kind of players. We've got guys with egos. We've got guys that have coming as, as big deals on big money. And they've never had to manage that before. They like to control, I'd guess, everything. I think they look like... Uh, they, they said of it when they came in, they like to oversee everything with the playing squad. And we've got players that have characteristics that I really don't feel fit with what the Cowleys want, which is 11 men fighting for the for the greater good <laughs> it sounds a little bit grand but that's what they're after right and we've got individuals that don't do that and I'm going to pick out a player yesterday who I thought was disgraceful right for a guy that's been out for three matches because of a disgraceful joke of a sending off against Nottingham Forest at 3-0 down Bakuna comes on what 25 minutes to go 
one of the first things he does is fuck up a pass that costs us a goal, right? And not only does he mess the pass up, on the replay when it comes from behind the goal, from the uh, cowshed end, I think it was, you can see him jogging back. Never mind Andy King looking like um, a snail running. Look at Bakuna. He's the guy that's just messed it up. And he's barely walking back to help out the defence after his mistake. And now that, that pissed me off, right? For starters. So I, I like to see, based on my experience, I like to see how players respond when they make a mistake. Because some players, like Johnny Wervin used to do, he'd make a mistake and he'd crunch someone. You know, every time he'd go in and crunch someone and take a yellow card just for, just for good measure. So I ended up with 58 yellow cards a season and missed half of them due to suspensions. I like to see how people respond from mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Some people get up and, and improve it. Some people give up. And yesterday, Bakuna gave up. First thing he did after that, we took the kickoff. He went back to the defence, played it straight forward to Bakuna again. And the first thing he did after messing up for the second goal was a nasty little step over around there. I think it was their attacking midfielder or the striker. And he nearly lost it again. I'm raging. I'm sorry, you're watching it thinking, how can he be doing this? This, this isn't what you need when you're fighting a relegation battle. Anyway, we won the ball back and we went back up the field and, and um, the goalie got it, took a dead ball or kicked it out of his hands, whatever he did, and kicked it towards our, our left, left-hand side, back towards Toffolo. But it was Bakuna under the ball. This is, this is all in the space of three minutes. And the first thing Bakuna does at that point is run under the ball. He had an easy header, and he hasn't even tried to head it. He runs under it. He runs under it, misses it. Luton's players picks it up. Bakuna fouls him. That is in the space of four minutes. And that tells me everything I want to know about his character in a battle against relegation that we're fighting. I don't think the Cowleys want that kind of guy in the club. That's not the type of player in that performance I'd want in a team fighting against relegation. And the thing is, he's not the only one. It's not really fair just to pick him out. There's other guys like that. They are trying. It's not a lack of effort. It's just irrational decisions made over and over and over again. And it costs us week in and week out. You've never seen Bakuna warm up, thankfully, Ian. From your, from your position in Ifolo land, it's an embarrassment. We've sat there at half-time where the, uh, I'm assuming it's the fitness coach or whatever, comes over, warms up. Everyone's running really hard and Bakuna's just jogging there. And I just think that might be his mentality. And, and it's not the kind of mentality that you want when you're scrapping around at the bottom of the league. I know you don't want it, Greg, because it's exactly the type of mentality I have. When I play, I do exactly the same thing. Last one there, last one warming up. I suppose that's why it resonates. I give up. I'm that type of player and, and I see him doing it. And I, I find it familiar because... I've done it many times, unfortunately. Do you not think there's a bigger picture with Bakuna as well? Because obviously he's not the right character for a relegation battle. Everyone can see that just from his performances. He gets frustrated. He's too hot-headed. He, he gives up, like you said. But then as well, he, he's one of those midfielders that I don't know what his job is. I, I, I genuinely do not know what his job is in this, in this um, midfield that we play. And we had the same with Billing last season. He's not a number six. He's not going to do Hogg's job. He's not a number eight like Moy was who can pick a pass and dictate the play. He's not a number 10. So he's a luxury midfielder and you can only really have that kind of skillful luxury midfielder if you're playing a 4-3-3 and you're a successful team. Like Liverpool see it is the kind of player that drives forward a bit like a Wijnaldum or something like that who is a box-to-box midfielder but playing a 4-2-3-1, we can't have one of those. He's he just completely lost and wasted. I, yeah, we, we seem to sign midfielders that I don't know what their job is. King as well, I don't know what his job is. Um, he, he's probably a dependable old pro, great, whatever. I don't really care. It's a relegation battle. I don't need someone who you don't know it's on the pitch. 
we had one season probably where we had square pegs in square holes and that was the season we got promoted and probably some of the first season in the Premier League. But since then, we've, we've just been playing players that, like I said, Billing, Bakuna, King, all these players that don't fit what we've been trying to do. And it, yeah, it, it's frustrating to watch because you can see, and I'm sure the Cowboys can see it as well, that it's never going to work. But then they've got to find a different way of playing. Is it playing a different shape in midfield? Like I said, I, I just don't know where these results are going to come from to try to keep it up. I've got a feeling about we'll we'll win at Wednesday. I've just got this this ridiculousness that, that we will go there and we will we will win. I genuinely believe that because that that they have no idea what's going on. They're up one minute and down the next. I know that they did well on um, yesterday, but I I think we'll we'll win at Wednesday. As bizarre as it is, because this season is absolutely ridiculous in terms of like the results you saw yesterday. Some of these just results are all over the place. And I think the absence of fans picking up on Ian's point, you know, I, I think uh, if I'd have been there on Friday night, I'd have been Barnsley about half an hour's drive away. I'd have been home before the final whistle and I never leave. And I've never done it, but I'd have been well home by that, by the end of that. But I think that not having the crowd in the stadium is, is affecting players. And that often they need that impetus of somebody they will perceive it as encouragement. It's probably the torrent of abuse from the from the stands, and um, helping them to, to to get that extra yard in, or, or or get faster and get quicker. You're right about Bakuna. I think the the Cowley's reference that he's, he's temperamental. I think obviously his, his son's back in um, Holland, and I think his family's back in Holland, and I think he's just he's over here and he's he's desperate to go. Andy King. Do not get me started. Do not get me started. What on earth have we signed him for? What does he do? What does he bring to our football club? Apart from a drain on wage? N- nothing. He's not affected a single game that he's taken any part in, in any way, shape or form. But why? We, did we need him? No. So, so grr. Oh, honestly. <laughs> they both need to go. And I've got a lot of time for Bakuna. That, that, that goal he scored from, uh, I can't remember which goal, he scored a belt in one of the last games that we saw before lockdown. And, and, and that's fantastic. But you, you can't, you're right, he's not the right type of character. Andy King is a, for me, he's not, he's not the right type of character. And we need characters. And as, as we've said, we, the Cowleys need characters. And they haven't got them. And I think partly it's environment and partly it's just... You know, if it normally I'd be in Ibiza, I'd be in that place where you can pay five grand for a, a bed or something, drinking pop out of an orange cup, and then I'm having to go and play football. So, so they're all fed up. They're not on their holidays. So, I mean, we'd be fed up, wouldn't we? If we had to carry on working when we should have been on as holidays, they are just people. But they've got a they've got a job to do, and they're just they're just not doing it. I can't stop thinking about the. And I mean, it kind of became a meme over like, over lockdown period. But uh, if you've ever seen that documentary with Neil Warnock, where he, when he goes on about having to die for a win, and that's ultimately what you have to do in a relegation battle. You know, we talk about mentality, we talk about psychology. You know, I'm just like, if we have a bit of money, get Steve Peters there. He got Ronnie O'Sullivan sorted. Can he get some of these, you know, lads sorted? You know, uh, was it England Rugby Union team have used sports psychologists in the past? It might end up being, and people, people, your old school football fan will laugh at that idea, because ultimately football is is around three things, in, in my opinion, anyway. It's structure that's on the pitch and off the pitch. It's all about mentality 
and it's on about uh, any any team sport you're playing. This one is important. It's how the players gel together. Uh, they all stand turn and gel. Mm. But it it does mean mean something, and I don't think I mean this squad is ultimately made up of too many. Well, Furby said it. You know, round pegs in square holes. There is, if you look at every single player and try and build a team out of that, it's impossible. We've got no wingers. Chris Willett, you know, he's probably the only genuine winger we have, but he's not very good in my opinion. You know, a lad, lad who's supposed to be the next best thing three or four years ago, he's turning out to be probably League One at best, if we're being very, very honest. They have somehow in these last three games just got to get three or four points. Probably it's Millwall and probably against Wednesday to try and stay up. It doesn't matter how now. I don't care if it bounces off Jonathan Hogg's backside uh, from a dodgy goal kick. We just need the points and I think we just need fighters on the pitch. I know it's very simplistic terms, but if he's picking a team for, for Tuesday night against Wednesday, he's got to pick a team. Basically, he's got the, the, the cojones to actually just go for it and, and do something because... If you keep picking players with the mentality that we we have explained, and I do, and I don't like picking out players, you know, except you know really shit ones like Malvin Kamara back in the day, the, the terrible ones. But the the players like Bakuna and that, I don't think have got the right mentality, and that's why I think you see Chabs at right back because he's got the right mentality. I think you need more of those players playing in in the game against Wednesday because if, again Wednesday are there for the taking. I have a funny feeling we'll win that. We said it after the Forest game that we're probably going to beat Birmingham, and they did. I mean, this is probably the biggest game of our season. They've got a player like it. What a Huddersfield Town result that would be as well to go and uh, to go and battle Wednesday in midweek. I mean, it's exactly the same as Birmingham, isn't it? An, an ambitiously poor performance uh, down in Nottingham, and then we come back and we and we put three past them. So you know, we could easily be sat here. Um, in a week's time thinking what was all that fuss about that, that's the, the madness of the championship this season but, but then again looking at the abjectly poor performance on this Friday how do you how do you motivate yourself to think that Lightning's going to strike twice and, and just interestingly with us sat on 47 points I was wondering um, as we were saying that what you lads thought about this how many points incidentally do you think we're going to need because if we're on 47 now and, and this magical threshold is meant to be 50 how many do we think we're going to be getting for? Um, how many do you think we're going to be needing here to get to get across the line as such? Because it's just there's so many teams to play each other down the bottom as well. And my opinion was that we're going to need four more. But uh, yeah, what were your last take on that? I'm going to quote the great Ian Kilroy and uh, I think it's just one more win because looking at the table, that means Hull have then got to win two of their last three games. I can't see Hull doing that. Luton, even if they won two of their last three games, would still be behind us on goal difference. So I think, yeah, it, it's got to that point where Ian's right. It might have been five or six games uh, premature, but um, one more win will probably do it. Premature, yeah, I've heard that one before. But um, <laughs> look, when I said that, I did, I did, I did mean a few, a few draws as well. I, I thought six points might, might be what we had, what we needed, and a win, and one win within those six points. But to be honest, we might already have enough. We actually not need to get another point at all if the points deductions come in. Come on, baby's trainer. Come on, guys. <laughs> Do a job for us. <laughs> Take some points off, off some other clubs so we can uh, survive on the, uh, the 47 points we have already. But I, I, think, I, think, we, I think between the, the two games, the Luton game, which is obviously gone, and the Wednesday, the Wednesday game, we need one win. 
We, if we can win one of those, we're safe. And we can get Matt Daly in again. Greg, I think it's a bit late to get Steve Black in now to give us that boost you were after, that psychological boost you were talking of then. But um, I, think just, I think just one win. But even that, this, this league's been so crazy this year. The teams at the bottom can't keep winning, can they? And to be fair, a few of them are playing each other. Like there, Hull have got Luton still to play. So one of them are going to have to get three points there. Barnsley looked done. They've got Leeds, Brentford and Forest. So they're probably going to pick nothing up from their final three games. Wigan have got Hull, Charlton and Fulham. There's one defeat there against Fulham. Charlton and Hull, well, if they beat both of them, then Hull and Charlton are winning two games that are winnable for them. Um, and then we're going to talk about Chef Wednesday. What's happening there? Are they getting a points deduction? Is it 12 points that people are like, talking about? Is it going to be 25, which I think is the maximum they can get? I want for 45 will be fine for me. Any, anything, anything to help us out in this situation. Until that Chef Wednesday points scenario is sorted, we won't really know. I think one win would definitely be safe. Just one win. Just one win. Um, but hey, who can predict this season after what's gone on so far? It's been crazy. And everyone says the championship's the best league in the world to watch, the most competitive, the hardest to get out of. It's bloody hard to stay in this year, isn't it? Because everyone's shit, for being honest. Probably the worst championship season we've seen. The championship kind of season. Well, it is the worst championship season we've seen in a long time. But, but I don't think Leeds and West Brom are as good as the teams that have gone up in, in past years. Uh, Brentford has turned on the style, but, but it takes them to beat uh, Derby County. Ben Hamer throwing them one in. It is one more win. It probably is one more win. It's because the other teams have to play each other. And, you know, mathematically, everyone will as worried but we come back on, on Tuesday night and I'm tr- going to try and be you know devoured here as in Mark Devlin not devastated be positive one more win and we're fine and I don't care how it comes like I say it, it can come any way possible Jonas Lerzel can can score from his own box that'll be that'll, that'll do it for me that'll be season made that that would probably happen if this season <laughs> that could well and truly happen goalkeeper yeah. falls over at the other end and it just bobbles in it's both posts and then rolls over and then refs watch don't go off and then there's, there's legal <laughs> and it's just madness isn't it it's just ridiculous um, yeah you just don't you, you feel it but you don't see it um, oh, it's just I was just confused as to, as to what to say and what to do about this season. It's just, it seems to be dragging on forever. I keep looking at Test Match score and England are doing quite well. And it's getting on my nerves that football's getting in the way of my cricket season. It's just, just make it go away, somebody. Cowley, sort it out. Just win, just win, baby, as they say. And then we can all just forget about it until September. I think what's made it worse as well, because I'm with you, I'll- I just want it out of the way now because it is cricket season but you know we live in these strange times we're not allowed to um, put saliva on the ball and all that well, vector of the disease of whatever nonsense that yeah. shaggy air twat came out with but um, the only reason we really play football is because of the money yeah. uh, literally is the only reason and we just need it out of the way and, and this club is in such a dire mess because of years of mismanagement in the last last three years, that we just need to somehow get through it. And I mean, we said that towards the start. Ian said it how toxic it would be if there were fans in the stadium. You know, I, I just I wonder. You know, looking ahead, whatever happens, whether we go down, whether we stay up. You know, I don't see fans being in the stadium. But if they are back in the stadium next season, whenever that season starts, 
because it, you know, they are aiming for it. I, I do wonder how many of us will actually go back because you know you saw some of the comments on 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 Friday night. You know, people saying, "Why would I get a season ticket to this mess?" Uh, just with the mad madness that's going around in the world, the madness is going around within football and the club itself. We are at a proper weird turning point, and I know I'm kind of slightly going off topic here, but how the hell are we supposed to recover as a club long run if we do go down? You know, that's that's why Chef Wednesday game is so important because you end up losing so many people that you've reattracted with with 200 quid season tickets they'll, they'll just look at you and go what's not value for money and Cam said it you know we've all said it how many points do we need this is probably the biggest kind of turning point in our history it's a strange thing to say as well because we're 112 years old but it is I think one of the biggest things that um, worries me as well is I think it's weird to say it but kind of no matter what league we're in next season I was kind of looking forward to it, knowing that the Cowleys were going to be building their own team. They'd have a full pre-season. And I thought we could genuinely challenge no matter what league we're in. Um, but it's it's going to be a tighter turnaround than usual if we do restart. Because if we're in League One, chance, there's a chance that we might not even restart. And teams just aren't going to have as much money. And we're going to need to get rid of a lot of players before we can bring others in. And it, it worries me that we're going to really struggle to get rid of the players that we've got. Because, I mean, anyone that saw Diakabi's touch for Forrest the other day that ended up in the Trent, it just, how we're going to get rid of him, I've no idea. Strikes me that, like, with January, we obviously wanted a few wingers, but we couldn't get them because we needed players out. So we ended up plucking Willock, who's barely kicked a ball in first-team football in his life. and he, he clearly wasn't first choice. If he'd have been first choice, we'd have probably brought him in earlier because he won't be expensive. It'll be on kids' wages at um, Benfica. And it, it, I'm just worried that we won't be able to have the turnaround we need. It needs a massive overhaul. And I think with time and finances, I don't think they're going to be able to do it again. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get the old um, from, from Phil. It'll take three transfer windows. Everything is always going to take three transfer windows, isn't it? And, uh, but you're absolutely right. Who the hell's going to want to buy Diakabi, Conglo and Benza? Hamer, you you just and if they do buy them, you're gonna get such a low return on your initial investment that you just you know you'll get peanuts back for them. And the, the good bit that the, the wages will be gone, but yeah, the, the, the idea of being able to turn this club around for when does the season finish? Is it 22nd or something like that? The last game um, to I, I've I've seen the date of the 12th of September uh, as being a potential restart. Uh, well, that's what's that? Six weeks. Seven weeks? Not a chance. Not a chance. Unless there's a lot going on behind the the the, the scenes that we don't know about, uh, which I think there will be. I think the Cowboys are—they were talking about a lot of. This is really cheers up. A lot of looking at a lot of Bundesliga two players. Well, that <laughs> going into Bundesliga two worked really well, didn't it? Before with with Siva or whichever was always he Bundesliga two resi division. I can't remember. Um, oh no, it was it was uh, three league, wasn't it, Bocco? Oh, was he three? All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's all good. Bundesliga two was Schindler. That, that's the level. Yeah, yeah. So I I completely agree with Tom. I just can't see how we can turn that around unless we get the, the three transfer windows. I've got I, a lot of people call Phil. Um, I, I I don't I don't know him. Um, 
but I do know the amount of shit that he's had to take is just absolutely disgraceful. Um, you know, death threats, some of the language that I've seen used to him, no wonder his Twitter account's got. The amount of just disgraceful stuff that he took, it's, nobody should have to deal with that, dealing with a, with a football club. Um, so you feel for him. I, I think there's a lot of good people at that club trying their best and the, the environment has been so difficult. I mean, how the hell are they supposed to cope with a bloody pandemic where they, they lose all of their income for, for six months and then they try and sort it out in seven weeks between one season finishing and another one starting? You, you, you've got to feel for them. Um, I, I've, I've already bought my season ticket for next year, mine and my lads. Um, oh, my God. I've made some poor financial investments in my time, but that's got to be one of the worst, isn't it, by looking at this? Um, but, you know, still, I'll still go. Still, I, I can't wait to get back, because for me, that will be the sense of, of normality coming back, being able to go into a stadium. But I, I agree with you guys. It, I can't see it happening for maybe until there's a vaccine. So we're looking probably... 2021, you know, middle of 2021, we might not even get in this season. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much to sort out there that you just feel for the people that are trying to do it. And there's less of them as well. What one of the slight rant about the I wanted a crowdy. Why can't why can't we have crowdies? I wanted a crowdy me in my seat. Um, and we can't have one. Then the, 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 and we need we just look a bit amateur at the minute. Those shirt things that we got on the, the cow shed loyal stand just blowing about in the wind. That's the best that we can do. You see other clubs, I've got fantastic advertisements all over in front of the... So so what's this new advertising guy now that doing that, now that Jarvis has gone? There just looks to be not enough people there to do the work that they need to do. <laughs> but no, it's a valid point. It's, it's, you know, whatever happens, nobody's got a clue when the season's restarting. How, you know, you're finishing in... You know, first week in May, you know, you've got three months to kind of build a squad for next season, probably two months if you include pre season. You know, these lads have obviously, but they had three weeks of pre season, kind of a pre pre season or whatever you want to call it. You know, they're going to need, they can't just go, go off for two weeks and then come back. You know, they're going to need a little bit of recovery time. I know that everyone will be like, well, they're paid a load of money, but it's also, like you said, they're running the club. What, how the hell are we going to get rid of... And I mean, you're looking at that squad and you're looking like at least a dozen players are going. I can't see anyone out of contract being renewed. It's tough. Maybe Hog for a year is probably the only one. You know, we've already seen issues with Danny Simpson. Have we actually got the right men in charge to bring in the players? Have we got the right people in the recruitment team? They're the same ones who brought in all the dross when we were in the Premier League, so I'd say no. How the hell are we going to supposed to turn this around? Whatever happens, this club is in a well, it's in a mess. It really is, and you know, unfortunately, there there are a lot of people that just aren't willing to accept responsibility for it. It's a big ask for Lee Bromby, isn't it? If he's in this football head of whatever, um, I, I knew him as a kid. I played cricket against him as a kid, and he, him and his brother, they were really good cricketers. Um, but I've seen nothing so far that says to me he's got the experience to be able to deal with a situation like this. He's going to need some real help to, to deal with this because this is unprecedented to have to deal with this situation. So I worry for a, for a good bloke, but in, a, in a, a really tough situation without people around him to, to help him. So one of the best bits of recruitment we might get is an experienced person in to, to be able to, to help him out with it because he's got a massive job 
in in these these seven weeks, and I just worry that the lad's relative inexperience will will count against him. Gentlemen, we've done an hour, and I'm surprised nobody's gone and blown a head gasket. To be honest, because there was a lot of stuff to complain about. But um, we'll just try and bring it up to Sheffield Wednesday. We did touch on it earlier, but you know they are a club in crisis. Um, <laughs> the Chansery uh, era has been uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, form guide has them, um, you know, obviously they, 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 they won on Saturday, so that's one win in their last four. Um, predictions for Tuesday night? I'm going to be brave. I'm going to suggest that Town go out and win 2 0 um, against the Wednesday side who have got problems of their own. Uh, but then again, that can only really be a, a guess because. That's why that's why I could never gamble on Huddersfield Town because when you look at the correct match score, it could be any of the options available to you. You just don't know. But I'm, I'm going to have my positive hat on. I'm going to say two 0 to us. At one 0 Jonas Lossel from inside his own six yard box <laughs> scores, and then gets his phone out and does that to and wins the end behind him. I think I think it'll be one 0 I think it'll be as jammy as that goal we scored in playoff semi. Um, but it could be 75 now. We, we, we just don't know. But I think we will nick something. Uh, so I'm going for a town win, me. We'll know. I, I wish I could be positive. <laughs> I, just, I just can't see it. Um, probably go 3 1 Wednesday. I think no matter what way I look at it, I try and look at it and go, should you put Shalabar in midfield and have someone that can bring the ball out and maybe draw a man to get it into Smith Row? But I'd, even if we're tried to be nasty bastards and just lump it long and play off Mounier. I, I don't think we've got the players to play around that. I look at Wednesday's squad and I just think, even if they are in kind of mixed form, they've got players that are going to hurt us. They they can bully teams. Fletcher up front is just, he's our nightmare. Like we said earlier on, Schindler got bullied at that corner. He's going to get bullied all day long again. And yeah, 3-1 Wednesday. I just, I just can't see us getting a result there. We never do. Hillsborough, Huddersfield Town, there's one man. We know one man who's going to get the goal that gets us the three points. And I'm going there, boys. I'm going there. Colin Quainer, he's going to bag it. He's going to, he's, going to, he's going to do it for us. He's going to repay three years of shit by one, by one game. And um, he's going to win it for us late on. We're going to go, we're going to go defensive. I think we'll have learned. The Cowlers will be listening to us. They'll be thinking, yeah, they, they talk some right sense, those boys. We'll go defensive first. We'll make sure we don't concede. And um, Colin Quainer will come on at about 70th minute instead of uh, Bakuna, and he won't see a town shirt again. Quainer will come on, dirty little back post, two-yard tapping, and we'll all go mental. There'll be crowdies. We don't need crowdies. We'll be all screaming. They'll hear it in Hillsborough from Huddersfield. Late winner, 1-0 town. I'm halfway there where I live, so you might, you might see me setting off running downhill. It's downhill all the way from here to, to Hillsborough. So, yeah, if we do that, I might run there and greet the team bus on the way back. If Kwana gets a winner that um, uh, that keeps us up, then uh, I'll forgive you, Ian and Greg, for your positivity before the Reading and uh, Reading and Luton games, where you just assumed we were going to get the points to keep us up. It was from that point on, and from the club tweeting the video of the fans with the Luton Town away song just before kickoff, it it was obvious it wasn't going to happen. It was typical of Steel Town. So if Kwana can do that, all is forgiven. I've told you before, I'm not Mystic Greg. I can't, you know, it's the players' fault, not mine. I mean, just, there's, there's, 
it's just typical town. As soon as we start talking about, oh, we'll probably get a result here and here and that'll do what we need it to do. It never happens. It's just yeah, typical of right. town. I think there's one thing to be sure of. Death taxes and then Matt Glennon whinging about drinks breaks. So um, I, I just think we need one more win. I don't care how it comes anymore. I hope it's against Wednesday because I hate Wednesday. <laughs> anyway, gents, thank you very much for your time this, this, this Sunday afternoon. Um, it's been very enlightening. Thank you, Andy, for making your debut. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll send you a cap in the post. Huddersfield <laughs> um, Town currently sit 19th in the Championship, two points clear of the current relegation zone. I'm going to assume Wigan are going to just be safe anyway with a 12-point uh, deduction. So um, we'll see what happens on Tuesday night. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you to Cameron Pope, Andy Kay, Thomas Verbank, and Ian Kilroy. Tune in soon. We'll see what happens. And uh, let's hope Danny Cowley's words don't come back to bite him on the backside. Thank you. Goodbye. Over my dead body, are we getting relegated? Dead body, are we getting relegated?